Hey, what's up, listeners? You're listening to Horror's Home Podcast. My name is Tyler, and I'm starting out 2023 with an episode discussing the 2021 film Censor. Directed by Prano Bailey Bond, Censor follows Enid, whose work involves reviewing films for the British Board of Film Classification during the video nasty controversy in the 80s. Enid links a horror film to the disappearance of her sister and vows to unravel the mystery of what happened to her. The video nasty term is referring to a time with a surplus of straight-to-video cassette, low-budget horror or exploitation films. They were criticized by the press, social commentators, and religious groups for their overly graphic and violent content. Some of the films that were prosecuted but eventually had scenes cut and then re-released in the UK years later would be movies like A Bay of Blood, Blood Feast, Cannibal Holocaust, I Spit on Your Grave, The Burning, and The Last House on the Left just to name a few whose titles you may recognize today. This was Prano Bailey Bond's feature-length directorial debut and their only one to date. She also directed a short titled Nasty in 2015. A similar premise were set in 1982, 12-year-old Doug is drawn into the lord world of VHS horror as he explores the mysterious disappearance of his father. Easy, easy to see the connection between those two projects there. I'm going to take a quick musical break and then go ahead and get into spoilers for the plot of Censor. In 1985, Enid Baines works for the British Board of Film Classification during the height of the video nasty controversy. Enid's co-workers call her Little Miss Perfect due to her strictness in recommending that violent content be cut or banned. While Enid is having dinner with her parents, they discuss the disappearance of Enid's sister, Nina, when the two were little. Enid's parents have since declared Nina's legally dead, but Enid is convinced that her sister is just still missing. With this beginning, we're introduced to Enid she comes across very reserved, quiet, and that she takes her job very seriously. There's some clips we get to see from the movies she's reviewing and a pretty cool title intro. Seeing these definitely gave off classic Grindhouse film vibes with blood splatter and implied sex scenes. When she meets with her parents, they bring up how she's obsessed over her sister's disappearance in the past and that she needs to move on. This is foreshadowing for what's to come. Shortly after a man murders his wife and children, a tabloid newspaper links the killings to a film. Enid had raided several months prior. Naming her as the censor who approved it, Enid starts to receive phone calls threatening and insulting her on a regular basis. One day, Enid is approached by Doug Smart, a film producer who claims that a veteran horror director named Frederick, Frederick North has personally requested that she screen one of his old films, Don't Go in the Church. During the screening, Enid notices that the events depicted parallel her memories of her sister's disappearance. When it comes to the murders and tabloids blaming a film because both involved the eating of a face, I'm appalled because that was a topic then and still is today to some degree. That movies or video games cause people to act violent, 
it's just crazy to me that that's what people have blamed rather than mental illness or self-accountability. So that point felt realistic for the story and then also blaming and threatening Enid in her workplace. The character Doug Smart is a typical sleazy movie producer who's making like blatant comments on Enid's appearance. Already adding to the clear disgust of Enid's dislike for the film she has to review and the ones that create them. When it comes to the film she watches after Don't Go in the Church, only a short clip is shown, but it felt like a realistic take on what a film back then would have looked like and would have had that like level of production and acting. So that's pretty cool. It also serves its purpose to alluding that Enid was like with her sister when she disappeared when they were young and intrigues her to look more into the making of the film. Investigating North further by acquiring a copy of one of his band films, Enid notices the film's lead, Alice Lee, uh, bears a resemblance to her missing sister. Enid soon becomes obsessed with meeting North, believing that Lee is her missing sister and needs to be saved from the exploitation film industry. When Enid visits Smart, hoping to learn North's whereabouts, he tells her that North is making a sequel to Don't Go in the Church near his home, and Doug tries to come on to her. Enid rejects him, causing Doug to become more aggressive before Enid pushes him back, tripping and accidentally impaling him on a film award. Smart dies, and Enid stares in shock, unable to process what just happened. It felt kind of far-fetched to me that Enid could imagine what her sister would look like as an adult as she went missing when they were children. She did show the video cover to her parents and claim that it matched the police sketch of uh, Nina, but they didn't believe her. To me, it also just felt like a delusion for uh, Enid. At Doug's home, he was calling Frederick North a genius and misunderstood, so I thought Doug was going to actually reveal himself to be Frederick North under an alias, but his death quickly rejected my guess. Enid tells an already dead Doug that she'll see herself out. That alone hints at the state of her mental health. Especially following that, she's at home and answers a phone call from an already dead Doug. After stealing North's address from her work, Enid finds the set of North's latest film where he and the crew assume her to be an actress. During a climactic scene, Enid kills an actor named Charles with an axe, thinking that he was going to hurt her, quote, sister. A terrified Alice flees from Enid as she begs for Alice to, quote, please be her before collapsing in the woods. A remote control appears in Enid's hand, and she presses a button, which Enid is awoken by a seemingly happy vision of her sister, thanking Enid for finding Nina, and, like, they leave the woods and drive together all the way back to the parents' house. During the drive, the car radio announces that all violent films have been banned, crime has been eradicated completely, and unemployment no longer exists. Enid's fantasy is sporadically interrupted, revealing that she has kidnapped Alice, who is begging Enid's parents for help as Enid smiles. The camera then pans out of a TV screen, and a VHS tape with the title Censor comes out of a VCR, implying that the film was just a movie someone else was watching. When the scene transitioned from Enid's home to her work, it almost felt like a dream sequence, how she was talking to her coworkers and the camera angles that were happening, all the way through her like arriving to the makeup trailer and then talking to the director Frederick as he was filming her. I wasn't sure if it was really happening or not. Then she kills Charlie and Alice screams, one of the film crew he throws up before she kills Frederick. So that's when I knew like it was actually happening. Then it flips and she really is crazy seeing a happy ending for her and Alice who was kidnapped and her parents who are like crying in disbelief. 
When it comes to the VHS tape popping out at the end, I don't know if that was just a cheeky way to end the movie or actually like having a layered meaning behind it. Either way, it kind of felt like a proper way to give it like for the prop or for to end it given the premise. This was a cool topic and story given that it had some historical truth to some of the themes concerning the video nasty time period. It was shot well with a lot of like colored lighting like blues, reds, purples, and greens to mimic low budget movies back then. I kind of thought there was going to be more to the investigating part of the story. She basically saw the movie, went to the video store, went to Doug's, then stole the file from her work. That was pretty much like all the investigating it took. I expected her to have to like travel more, meet more people, maybe like dive more into like what actually happened from her childhood. The story felt kind of slow. It was entertaining, don't get me wrong, but if you're not watching the screen like nonstop, you may like look up and just lose interest because you feel like not much has happened. It's like the interest comes in the details of the movie, like with the lighting and the kind of references or tributes to older movies, especially whenever you get to see those clips that she's watching. Enid was played by um, Neve Algar. It's an Irish name, so it's kind of hard to pronounce and she did a good job but her character never really became likable for me I liked when she was blunt with Doug whenever he was being inappropriate at the beginning but other than that she was just kind of like timid anxious falling into a mental downward spiral and it felt like she shouldn't have ever had that job watching those films I think that's because she was uh, so against them to start with which was clearly stated throughout the movie as she says, like, it's her job to protect the public, which it's in itself is ironic because the public turned on her as soon as the instance happened and they went out of their way to threaten her. The public that was upset about violence literally chose violence. So another, like, theme or note was made there. Also, I didn't mention that the husband who murdered his family in the movie said he never even saw the film that Enid had approved for the public. So that was all just like the press's allegations without any evidence and that it was all their fault that she was getting these death threats and all this pressure and stress was put onto her. Um, to summarize, Enid like wasn't the most enjoyable character, but the themes of the movie made up for that. And when you catch them, it's kind of like a payoff moment. For its style and storytelling ideas, I'd give Censor a 3 out of 5. It's worth checking out for horror fans that are like familiar with exploitation movies or at least like some of the history with them. As of right now, in the US anyway, you can check out Censor on Hulu. Well, that's all I have for this episode. I know it's kind of quick. This movie didn't have a lot going on, but it was pretty entertaining. So follow me on Instagram at Horrors Home and on Facebook. Thank you if you already do that. Give me a review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. That really helps out a lot too. Be sure to check out my last episode for my top 10 horror movies of 2022. I have a few ideas for this year. I'm going to try to do an episode of um, reviewing each Saw movie each month, all leading up to the 10th Saw movie that comes out this October. We'll see if I can actually stay on top of that. But if you have any other ideas, be sure to send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you think. And until next time, thanks for listening.